Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to another episode of the Talking Blues Podcast. I am Josh, and I am joined by my two co-hosts, Alex and Peter, and we are here after two match days of the Euros, and we are down to 16. The round of 16 in the Euros, we're going to preview that and predict who we think will win the Euros this season um, in a little bit. But we predicted the group stage, we gotten past the group stage, and uh, you know we'll be able to recap that. But first of all, I have my two co-hosts here, Alex and Peter. When you guys go at a time, I don't need anyone interrupting each other, as I know we had a problem with that with Alex last episode. Um, but Peter or Alex, you guys decide who you want to go first. How are you guys doing? I'm doing well. I was scared Alex was about to uh, go off of mute red as I was, and we were going to interrupt red after you talked about <laughs> interrupting each other. But no, I'm doing fine. I'm doing well. Uh, Euro soccer, Euro football, whichever one you want to call it, is always fun. It's a good time. And all the international tournaments are fun. I'm excited to recap that. There's obviously some Chelsea news we want to go over because obviously this is not a Euros podcast. This is a Chelsea podcast. I'm doing well. Excited to record. Now I will go uh, to you, Alex. How are you doing? Well, thank you, Peter. I'm doing quite well. Um, I'm excited to talk about some Euros knockout stages. I think it's going to be exciting here. Uh, We're getting to the good parts um, now and obviously – Copa America is progressing. The Euros are progressing. It's just a whole, it's a good time to be a football fan. Uh, and I'm just excited for everything to continue. And uh, we'll see what happens in the knockout stage. We're going to talk about it today. But I'm ve- there's definitely some interesting matchups. And these uh, match day two and three games have been quite good, especially these match day three games. Uh, we saw many great games, especially those three o'clock games here uh, if you're in the U.S., uh, last night between Germany and Hungary, uh, Portugal, France, those two games were very good and fun to watch. So uh, I'm, I'm just excited to see what the knockout stages bring. And we'll get into the Portugal-France game in a little bit because after watching that, probably the best game in the tournament thus far. Uh, and that was in the group stage, right? We still got to look through knockouts and I'm sure it'll get even better from there. Um, obviously, it almost looked like this past uh, yesterday, you know, we're recording this on Thursday yesterday, it almost looked like after everyone was saying, you know, Hungary got, you know, basically um, the worst <laughs> division to be in or the worst group because they were with 
Portugal, what was it? Portugal, um, France, and Germany. So, you know, everyone was like, oh, Hungary. I mean, it's easy, easy loss. And they almost pulled it out. So I kind of feel bad for Hungary after all of that um, because they almost left Germany in the dust. But that did not work out. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, and let's go to the Chelsea news first. So we have Billy Gilmore coming down with COVID-19. Um, and because England actually played Scotland in a match recently and players uh, were close contacts that were on Chelsea, including Ben Chilwell and Mason Mount, were both close contacts. And they are now, I believe, self-quarantining. Um, and, you know, they were close contacts, as my dog hysterically barks. Um, they were both close contacts. So they are now uh, isolating themselves. But a little bit of, you know, a situation between uh, Chelsea players and you know, we all hope Billy Gilmore unfortunately got eliminated, but hopefully Ben Chilwell and Mason Mount can play uh, later in this tournament. Well, yeah, you hate to see that, especially because Billy Gilmore is coming off of a, such a great performance. He obviously got star of the match in his uh, first start for Scotland and in such a big game. He played extremely well. I was very excited to actually watching him play in the next game. I was going to watch the Scotland match over uh, the England match, but obviously... I don't want to go on a rant about COVID and why Billy Gilmore and Mason Mountain Ventura were suspended, but not anybody, or not suspended, uh, put, uh, had to quarantine, but not any of the Scotland players at all. Especially, I think it was, I think it was, uh, I think it was John McGinn and Andy, uh, and Andy Robertson were playing ping pong with Billy Gilmore after he was already, like the day after, or the, after the game. And it was on their story, so anybody could see that that was happening, and they deleted it afterwards. But they didn't have to self quarantine. But Mason Mount and Ben Chilwell were forced to, which is questionable, I'll just say. Um, but I think even though he only played one game, Billy Gilmore had a great tournament. He came off, even though he started one game, he obviously came off. So he played very well. I think Mason Mount and Ben Chilwell are. I, I think Southgate said he dared a doubt to play in the next game. Uh, I'm not sure. But hopefully they can come back. Hopefully they can get more game time. Obviously, Ben Chilwell hasn't played at all, but Mason Mount has been arguably England's best player so far this Euro, so I think they're going to miss him. But overall, hopefully Billy Gilmore gets better. Hopefully Mason Mount and Ben Chilwell are out of quarantine soon. And obviously, as a big Billy Gilmore fan, I'm very proud of him, and I hope Tuchel sees this and gives him some starts. Yeah, I agree with you. He's been sensational uh, for Scotland. I'm really happy for him. Not happy that he got COVID. Um, but hopefully he has a good future with Chelsea uh, wherever he may go next season if he does go out on loan. Um, for some other things that happen Chelsea-wise, it looks like Hakimi uh, will not be coming to Chelsea despite all the uh, bids. You know, the, there's some controversy. There's some, you know, some chatter that it was Hakimi's wife who uh, is an actress, I believe, and she wants to... Um, she wants to have a role where she would be in Paris uh, for her job. And she kind of urged Hakimi to join PSG because of that. Um, so that's kind of the rumor. Um, obviously not confirmed. But yeah, we're, we're not getting Hakimi. He will be the most expensive defender ever um, if all the reports are right about the fee. Uh, over $70 million. And uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting uh, switch for him to PSG. I think it's a position that they definitely need. Disappointed we're not getting him, but then again, it is a lot of money for him. Uh, and, you know, he, he's he's a good player, but I'm not sure if he's exactly the biggest need for this Chelsea team. And uh, also, Bakayoko, it looks like he's trying to finalize a move, a permanent deal, or maybe a loan deal. They're not really sure at the moment, 
uh, to an Italian side. Milan has been seen as the favorite uh, for the destination that he will go to. And uh, we're trying to figure out what's going to go on there. If it's a permanent deal, you're probably looking in the region of 20 to 30 million. Uh, If it's a loan, obviously uh, that won't be relevant. But yeah, those are a couple more things. And obviously you have, uh, you know, this has been rumored, but official today that UEFA has abolished the away goal rule that is in the, um, what is that, Europa League and Champions League, right? So that's a big deal. Um, obviously we won't be seeing that and I won't be as confused as I once was a lot of the time with the away goal rule. Um, so that'll be better for me, uh, especially. And then Alex mentioned Billy Gilmore. Peter mentioned Billy Gilmore. Might not see him next year on the team, as it is rumored that by next week, Billy Gilmore will be uh, put on a loan deal with Norwich City, which is, I think, a perfect club for him to go to because he will get starting minutes, I'm guessing, every game. He will probably be one of the best players on that team. Um, so that's a really good move, I think, for for Billy Gilmore to go there on loan. And I, I guess, um, you know, I I'll go over the... Match day two and three, just the scores. And then if you guys have any games specifically that you want to, you know, recap, you guys can do that. So first of all, um, match day two, we'll start there. Russia beat Finland 1-0. Wales beat Turkey 2-0. Italy beat Switzerland 3-0. Ukraine beat North Macedonia 2-1. Belgium beat Denmark 2-1. Netherlands beat Australia 2-0. Sweden beat Slovakia 2-1-0, excuse me. Uh, Croatia and Czech Republic tied uh, or ended in a draw 1-1. England and Scotland had in a draw, nil-nil. That was a big one, I remember, because um, that was last week at this point. Uh, Hungary and France ended in a draw, 1-1. Same thing with that. Germany beat Portugal, 4-2. And Spain beat Poland, or Spain drew with Poland, 1-1. On to match day, or do you guys have anything from match day two that you want to talk about before I move on to match day three? I mean, I don't remember. I probably did have things after match day two, but at this point, I can't remember which games were match day two and match day three and which player performed well. So I just have things in general. So just go over match day three, and then I'll say more thoughts in general throughout all the match days. Okay, so yeah, I'll, I'll go right on to here to match day three. Italy beat Wales 1-0. Switzerland beat Turkey 3-1. Austria beat Ukraine 1-0. Netherlands beat North Macedonia 3-0. Denmark beat Russia 4-1. Belgium beat Finland 2-0. Croatia won against Scotland 3-1. England beat Czech Republic 1-0. Sweden against Poland. Sweden got the victory 3-2. Spain 5-0 win against Slovakia. They absolutely dominated. Uh, The 2-2 draw, Portugal versus France was a great match. Germany versus Hungary also 2-2. Like I mentioned earlier, Hungary almost pulled that one out. Unfortunately, did not go well. We have the round of 16 or the round of 16 matchups set for this knockout stage. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But first, Peter, Alex, your thoughts on both of the match days. Okay. Well, I'm just going to pick out a few players as I usually do. And in one case, a team. Two teams, actually. I'll start with the teams. I think Italy looked very, 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 very good throughout their group stage. They looked good even when they were resting. I think they rested eight starters and played their bench players uh, played eight bench players in the starting lineup and still looked very good. Though I do have to say they might have had the easiest group overall. So one could come say, were they even tested, right? Were they tested as much as they should have, could have been compared to other teams like Portugal, Germany, or France in those really, really tough groups. But I think Italy looked really good and they're definitely worked their way up to being one of the favorites. And uh, on the flip side of that, in that same group, uh, Turkey, I, th- I mean, the, the the less said the better. Let's just say 
not great dark horse pick by me and Alex. We had, I think, I think we both had them finishing second in the group when we predicted the group stages. Uh, that didn't work out well. That was quite bad. They looked terrible throughout the entire Euros, which surprised me because they played very, very well during the qualifiers. Uh, but I think they scored one goal the entire Euros, which is arguably one of the worst performances out of any team. But whatever, I'm, I'm going to want to look at the positives and some good players that performed. Well, one, Alexander Isak. I mentioned him after the first match day when we won over that for having a very, very good performance against Spain. And, I mean, he continued that in both match days. I'd say he looks very, very good. He's, like, it doesn't he doesn't make sense of that. Like, he's so tall, but he's also so fast and agile, and he's so good with the ball. He's, like, a mix of, like, I mean, I don't know. I, I can't even come up with players because he's kind of just an anomaly. He shouldn't be able to move the way he does when he's that tall and be that good with the ball. But, I mean, he was one of the best performers of the group stage, I'd have to say. He played very, very well. Uh, he's very, very good youngster. I think he's, if he moves to a big club at some point, I think he's like the next big thing. But I don't think he should rush to join a next big club. I think, I believe he plays for, uh, not sure, but I think he should stay there. It's some team in La Liga. It might be Real Sociedad. Yeah, yeah, it is. Alex just confirmed it. Okay. Uh, I think he just stays there, plays for a bit, and then moves to a big club. But too, too much of attention on one player. I also want to point out Jorginho, who played very well for Italy. He probably gave the ball away like four time, four or five times the entire three match days. Uh, I mean, I think he's a key part of that Italy team. He keeps the ball seconds around. He's never going to get the attention of many people because he doesn't do things that people talk about. He doesn't make crazy through balls. He doesn't score bangers. He doesn't score goals in general besides penalties. But he keeps the ball well. He cycles the ball well. He never gives the ball away. He does everything you want from a midfielder in that kind of team where it's pretty attacking. He just gets the ball, cycles it around, plays it out to the winger, gets it back, cycles it the other way, switches the field. I think he played very well. Uh, I already mentioned Billy Gilmore, Mason Mount, uh, who I thought both played very, very well in their games when I was talking about uh, them getting COVID. And I want to leave some players for Alex to talk about, so I'll only go to one more. And I think I want to talk about maybe a team as a whole, as in Spain, who looked largely bad throughout their group stages. Obviously, they had a scoreless draw against Sweden. They also drew against whoever was other in that group and didn't play well. Um, but I don't understand what what like flipped something. They won, I think, 5 nothing against Slovakia. Sure, Slovakia, Slovakia is probably the worst team in that group. But... 5 nothing after B, barely being able to score goals uh, is a crazy switch. I think I wanted to point out Pedri in particular. He played very, very well. He's a very talented youngster. Barcelona, of course, has another great youngster along with Ansu Fadi and many others. Uh, but I don't want to take up too much time, and I don't want to take up all the things Alex might want to talk about. So now I'll send it over to you for some thoughts. So I want to go back to uh, Isak from Real Sociedad and for Sweden, obviously. He was just amazing. Um, and when you talk about him, I'm about to pull a basketball reference here. Um, but when you when you see him and he's so he's so tall, he's so big, but he's able to control the ball, move with the ball. He reminds me of uh, a football version of Kevin Durant. Um, it, it's it's kind of funny, but uh, yeah, he was really good. He maybe didn't get the best goal tally uh, throughout the group stages, but I think he was definitely involved in a lot of the goals, especially that first goal. 
uh, yesterday, I believe, with Forsberg's first goal uh, against Poland. His his movement, his his uh, strength, and he, he kind of just took control of those defenders, and Forsberg was able to slot it in after. Yeah, he was very good. Um, I kind of want to talk about the games yesterday because I just have good memory of them, and you know they happened yesterday, so it's just easier. Um, Portugal, France, obviously it was kind of a penalty fest. Uh, three out of the four goals being penalties, but it was a very good game, um, and it was kind of it's kind of nice to see Benzema back uh, in a France uniform after you know everything that's happened. Obviously, you know probably deserved his suspension, but. It, it's good to see him back, and I think that France side is definitely going to be dangerous. I think Portugal played very, very well yesterday, and they might have been a little bit unlucky um, in certain points not to have gotten the win. Germany, man, are, you know, they're kind of in disaster mode. Yes, they were able to get that tie where they were able to get in, uh, and obviously now they're going to be facing England in the round of 16, but my God, besides Kai Havertz, I don't know what Yogi loves doing. He takes out Kai Havertz immediately after he scores. And then I get it to tap in, right? I get it. I don't need everyone else saying that, but I get it to tap in. But still, he scored a goal. He has confidence. You take him out for the man probably with the lowest confidence in Timo Werner, um, and you bring him in. And then, you know, 11 seconds later, Hungary scores again. Yes, eventually you score the late uh, equalizer to send you through to the knockout stage. But Yogi Love has just completely fallen off. And, um, you know, yes, he's a World Cup winner, but. I don't know what's going on with him there. And that Germany side seemed too stagnant down the stretch. Um, And I think they, to be honest, got quite lucky that they were able to score there. But big props to Hungary because they were in an extremely difficult group. They nicked a point off of France. They nicked a point off of Germany. And they probably should have won that game. And, uh, you know, props to them. And they were a very good team. Um, But that's pretty much all I have for for the group stages. And now... Um, we can head to the knockout stages and give our predictions. Yeah, so I mentioned, uh, you know, all of the games and scores of that nature. So now let's talk about who finished top of their tables, or I'll go through the tables, and then we'll go to our knockout stage predictions. So in Group A, Italy, we talked about them, 3-0 in all three matches, goals 4-7, goals against 0, uh, and 9 points. They win uh, their Group A. All right, second place was Wales with 4 points, Switzerland four points in third. Turkey, like Peter already mentioned, zero points, lost all of their matches. They finish fourth and do not make it to the knockout stage. Next, Group B, we have Belgium in first with nine points, Denmark in second with three, Finland in third with three, and Russia finishing in fourth with three. We have Group C, Netherlands finishing in first with nine points, Austria in second with six points, Ukraine in third with three points, and North Macedonia, I don't think anyone saw them going through, with zero points. Group D, England, seven points, Croatia, four points, Czech Republic in third with four, and then Scotland in fourth with one. Group E, Sweden with seven, second, Spain with five, Slovakia third with three, Poland fourth with one. And finally, Group F, Number one, France with five. Two, Germany with four points. Portugal third with four points. And Hungary fourth with two points. Now that I went through all of that, the teams, or the I should say the, the countries that are advancing to the round of 16 and the matchups are starting from Saturday and ending on Tuesday, Saturday, June 26th, ending on Tuesday, June 29th. Wales versus Denmark, Italy versus Austria, Netherlands versus Czech Republic, Belgium versus Portugal, Croatia versus Spain, France versus Switzerland, 
England versus Germany, and Sweden versus Ukraine. Okay, went through all of that. Let's go to our predictions of this round of 16 and the rest, you know, the quarterfinals, semifinals, and then the final and our winner of the Euros. The first matchup I would like to talk about is probably the biggest one, I would say, uh, and the most, you know, throw it in the air type of match. Actually, probably one of two. Belgium, Portugal. Um, I feel like this is probably the second out of, you know, the, the, the number one is probably England versus Germany. But I don't know. This is also a toss-up matchup. I'm going to go Belgium. According to FIFA, they're the best team in the world or the best country uh, in the world when it comes to soccer. And I would say that they win this match against Portugal, although it could be a very close one. And Ronaldo, as, as many goals as he scored, although there were many penalties as well that he converted uh, throughout these Euros, that guy is unbelievable. Um, I don't think you either of you guys touched on him. I mean, just seeing him perform again and again and again, and obviously climbing up there on the international goals, he is just such a great player. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know what else to say. Uh, but you know, it's a big, um, it's a it's a big uh, game. But I don't know, Belgium. I think they I think they pull out with the win here. Sorry, I'll, I'll let you guys go. I think Belgium definitely wins this game. I think it'll be a close game, but I think Belgium definitely wins this game. Portugal, dare I say it, got lucky to get through. They, I don't. They obviously got destroyed by Germany. I think Rui Patricio completely saved them against France, although they did get unlucky on some penalty decisions. They also got lucky on some penalty decisions, but Rui Patricio made some great saves to save them. And even against Hungary, I mean, they we they didn't score any goals until I think like the 88th minute, but then they did score three, and it looks better on paper than it did, but they waited a long, long time and really couldn't do anything against Hungary for a while. I think I think they, I think think they, they deserve to get through, but I don't think they played as well as they definitely could. And I'm saying this even though this looked familiar. This looks familiar. I think Portugal last Euros also got third in their group and ended up winning the Euros and didn't play well in the group stage. So, I mean, I probably am being too cocky on Belgium, but I think... Belgium definitely played much better throughout their group stage, so I think I'm going to rock with Belgium to get a win. I'm going to rock with Belgium also. Um, I, I really like how they're playing in the group stage. Like you said, group stage and knockout stage, two different things. But I think this Belgium team could be unstoppable. Romelu Lukaku is on absolutely fantastic form. Kevin De Bruyne back from injury. He looked very good. And they just have so many good pieces off the bench, they still have Dries Mertens, they have Carrasco, Thorgan Hazard's playing well. If Eden Hazard can get back to his best, then you're looking at a very dangerous team. Their defense is a little bit aging, but they're still solid at the back, and they have a good goalkeeper in Courtois, so I think they go through against Portugal. And Italy-Austria, I think Italy takes this one quite handedly. I think they're a solid team. I think they're not going to make it as far as people may think. Obviously, they're getting a little bit of recency, uh, recency bias, but I still think Italy... Uh, we'll get past Austria quite easily. I just noticed that we spent a good amount of time on just one match there. So I think we should not, you know, kind of go two and one for the rest of these just so we can get through this quicker. So Italy, Austria. Yes, Alex, like you said, Italy, I think gets it done. And then France versus Switzerland, another one, I think France. I wouldn't say easily, but also I would say easily uh, get this one done against Switzerland. I I think Italy beats Austria. I think that's probably one of the easiest ones but who knows maybe David Alaba hits a knuckleball free kick from 40 yards out and scores it and they win and I definitely think France will beat Switzerland and so now I'll go to more I think 
Horatio Spain is another kind of toss-up. I'd say there's three really 50-50s, then that's one of them. But I think Croatia on the back of Luka Modric can uh, beat Spain, who, besides the one game against Slovakia, really didn't look that good. Then Sweden-Ukraine, I think I have to go with Sweden. We just talked about so much about how good Alexander Isak is. I, I mean, Forsberg played very well. Uh, Kulishevsky came off the bench and got two assists, I think, for them. Uh, they look very good, so I think Sweden will beat Ukraine. So for me, I think I'm going to do three here, right? Because, yeah. So France, Switzerland, I'm going to have France. I think they should get past Switzerland quite easy. But Switzerland are a team that you could watch out for uh, in the knockout stages. Spain, Croatia, I just think Spain has too much quality for them to lose to Croatia. Yes, Modric uh, scored that wonder goal in the uh, match day three. I don't, you know, he's aging. A lot of that Croatian team's aging, and I just don't think they can get past Spain. Um, and Spain will have a lot of confidence after that big win. Um, and then Sweden, Ukraine. I have Sweden. I think they get past Ukraine. Yarmolenko's looked really good for Ukraine, and I did uh, predict them to not win a single game in the Euros, and they definitely did not do that. So uh, props to them, but Sweden, I think, goes through. And then do one more, Alex, so then I have two to finish out with. All right, and then England, Germany, England, Germany, England, Germany. This is a tough one. This is the one I would say is completely 50-50. Germany are the better team, I think, on, but, you know, they're not on great form at the moment. They're not playing well. England have been okay, decent. They had an easier group than Germany, right? So you do have to give them that. So they they got more wins. They had an easier group. I'm going to go England. But it's very close. Okay, so let me run through mine. I think Croatia, I think they pull their magic. Obviously, like we were talking about, yes, Spain crushed Slovakia, but it's Slovakia, and it's also Spain. And yes, they have a lot of talent, but I don't know. I, I feel like there's always something with Croatia. Obviously, we saw them in the World Cup. I think they pull through, and they beat Spain, although it could very well be a Spain win as well. But that's who I'm predicting. Sweden, Ukraine, Sweden wins that. England, Germany, again, yes, I know it's the number one 50-50 toss-up, although... We just saw Germany almost lose to Hungary, uh, and they barely pulled it out. So I think England could definitely win this game, and I predict that they will win this game. Netherlands versus Czech Republic, I have the Netherlands winning that one. And then Wales versus Denmark, you all slept on Wales. You doubted Wales in that group. All of you were talking, or both of you were talking about, oh, how good is Turkey? How good is Turkey? Wales? What are you talking about Wales? I think I had Wales finishing second in that group, and that's how it happened. You know what? I'm not sleeping on Wales. I haven't been sleeping on Wales this whole tournament. I think they get past Denmark. Although, I think it would be cool seeing the story about, you know, with everything going on with Christian Eriksen um, and how Denmark's kind of pulling through to this knockout stage. If they could get a win, it would be cool, although I am predicting Wales to win. Uh, and I'm done with my round of 16. For me, I think just because both of you guys went with England, I was going to go with Germany anyway, but now I definitely need to go with Germany. Uh, I think... I don't know. This is by far the biggest 50-50, I think. It's very two very talented teams, but England really had an easier group and still didn't end up playing that well in their group. While as Germany destroyed Portugal, played decently against France, and almost lost against Hungary, they were very, very inconsistent. But I still think Germany can pull out a win if they play as well as they did against Portugal. Then Netherlands, Czech Republic... I think the Netherlands will win that. Uh, they've been playing very well. Denzel Dumfries has arguably been the best defender. He's been playing wing back. He's been playing very, very well. And I think Wales Denmark. I want uh, Wales Denmark is 50-50 between teams that aren't in. 
I, I don't want to say bad teams because they're very good and they got this far, but teams that aren't in like the upper echelon of like the top five of FIFA rankings. But I think I have to go with Denmark just because I think they're going to uh, be so motivated to win and try to go far in this tournament that I think they'll uh, beat Wales. And I guess I'll start going into my quarterfinals. I'll go through two at a time for this one too. I think Belgium, Italy... I could. This is a 50-50. Italy looked very good, but they had an easy group. Belgium played very, very well. They had an also relatively easy group. I think Italy will go through because I think Italy have a much more solid defense if when they want it to be and they aren't playing attacking. And I think they have the ability to steal a goal from a moment of brilliance from Chiro Mobile or uh, Insigne doing something crazy. I think they can steal a goal. I mean, so could Belgium, too. KDB doing something crazy. Lukaku scoring a banger. Aiden Hazard dribbling for five players. This is probably the biggest 50 so far, but I'll go with Italy. And then France, Croatia. Uh, although Croatia, like you said, Josh, always, there's always some, some magic. I think you have to go with France because they're just the best team in the tournament. Besides maybe Belgium, but they're the best team in the tournament. All right, so for me, uh, I still have to do the last two of my round of 16, I believe. So I have the Netherlands over the Czech Republic, and I have Denmark over Wales. I'm not going to you know, talk too much about that. I'm going to run through my whole quarterfinals here. Belgium, Italy. I'm going to have Belgium going through. I think this is a tight game, like Peter said, but I think Belgium edge it out. France, Spain, I think this is a comfortable win for France. I think Spain, you know, you know, they'll win reasonably okay against Croatia, but I think France is a different story. England, Sweden, I think this is one of the ones you could see an upset. You could see Sweden moving on, but I'm going to go England. And Netherlands, Denmark, another one that you could see another upset, but I think the Dutch move through to the semifinals. Once again, you both sleep on Wales. That makes me want them to win so much more. So you know what? Wales get it done against Denmark. You want it? Ah, it annoys me so much. I don't even know why. I have no connection to Wales. But again, just for me to have some positivity that I'm able to predict and you guys are not will make me so much more happy. So quarterfinals, I have to run through all four now. Belgium versus Italy, I think Belgium wins that. France versus Croatia because Alex, for some reason, picked Spain. What a weirdo. Uh, Peter and I are on the same page there. I'm going to go. I think France gets it done, Peter. I think you're right as well. England versus Sweden. I think England... uh, you know, moves on once again. And then Netherlands versus Wales, because I think they will be in here, not Denmark. Uh, and then I will have to say for that matchup, probably the Netherlands will move on. I can't, I can't go with Wales that far deep, uh, but you know, could, could pull off, a, could pull off an upset. Um, so there you go. And then let me just run through the semifinals. Cause why not? Uh, France versus Belgium. This will probably be even better than the final on, you know, I'm not going to lie. Uh, two just amazing squads going at each other. You know, I, I don't even know who to pick. It's so hard, but I I guess I'll decide to go to, with France. Obviously, the World Cup winners, and I don't uh, like I I don't even know what to say how to explain it. But I think this could definitely be the best game in the tournament if it comes down to Belgium fans and who goes on to the final. I think whoever wins this goes on to the final. So I guess I just told you my winners of the final. France moves on to the final. Um, and then you have England, Netherlands. I think England will make it to the final as well. For me, I still have to run through my other uh, quarterfinals. Sweden, Germany, because I'm the only one to pick Germany, apparently. I think Germany wins. And I will say, I will say this. If I picked England to win against Germany and this was even, 
uh, England, Sweden, I would pick Sweden to win because England is going to choke. They will inevitably choke eventually. So you know it's going to happen. So I would have picked uh, Sweden to win, but it's Germany. So I think Germany will win. And then Netherlands, Denmark, I think Netherlands get a win. Unfortunately, the Cinderella story of Denmark has to come to an end. So on to my semifinals. I have Italy, France. I think France is bound to drop a stinker. I think they played basically what they did against Hungary. Uh, they seemed inconsistent. They played... They just can't score. They can't finish their chances. They create all these chances, but just can't score. And if you can't score, you can't get through the best teams. And I think Italy will win. I feel like I'm overhyping Italy like I did with Turkey based on recency buys. Basically the exact same thing. So I wouldn't be surprised if Belgium beats Italy. And I will say that if Belgium beats Italy, Belgium will beat France. I'm literally just saying that I'm just saying that if one team wins there, I'm just going through all my options. So technically I'm right no matter what happens. But Italy beats France, and then Germany, Netherlands. I think Netherlands beats Germany, uh, kind of like France. Germany also looked inconsistent, and I don't think of. Uh, I think there might be some questionable substitutions if those continue. I don't think Germany will be able to win. So my final is Italy, Netherlands. All right. So my semifinals, I got Belgium, France, and England, Netherlands. So for Belgium, France, I'm gonna go Belgium. I think France are gonna choke here, and I think Belgium. We'll move on to the finals. England-Netherlands, a difficult one. I think England squeak their way through to the finals. And I just kind of want to go to our finals so we can each talk about them. So I've got England-Belgium in the final. And uh, you guys run through your finals so then we can give our predictions. Yeah, I know. I can't switch mine around now, uh, which, you know, I, I really do feel like anything could happen in the France versus Belgium game. But you know what? I'll just say it. France over England, uh, and they win the Euros just like they won the World Cup a few years ago, which I feel like sounds just too good to be true. And that's why I want to have Belgium, you know, win this. But I can't change my predictions now. I, you know, I already stated them. I'm not going to go ahead and change them. I don't need to talk much about it. I'm sure, you know, Kylian Mbappe, he comes up in clutch situations. So maybe he'll get a goal here. Um, you could see Paul Pogba obviously looking for a goal. Um, you know, one. I think one of those two are going to score in this final. If if it comes down to France in the final, for me, I obviously have Italy Netherlands, which is a bit unorthodox. I'd say it's not completely crazy, but I want I wanted to switch it up a bit, and I think this is definitely plausible. This I think this could happen, and I think I think this is a match between two teams that are. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know. I just kind of have it, and I'm rocking with it. And I don't really know what to say here besides I'm just going to have the Netherlands to win because I think they'd be the underdogs in this game. And I'm already crazy enough not having France or Belgium in the final or Germany or England in the final. So might as well go even crazier than it already is. Netherlands over Italy in my final. So Josh has France, Peter has the Netherlands, and I'm going to have Belgium winning the Euros against England. England will choke in the final. Don't worry about it if you're not an England fan. Um, if you are, I'm sorry, but it's just going to happen. It's not coming home for England. They got very close, but it's not going to come home, okay? So every, every, all, I see everyone on Twitter. It's coming home. It's coming. It's not coming home, okay? If it comes home, I don't know what I'm going to do. Then congratulations, but I, I can't hear it's coming home one more time. So that's it, I think, for our Euro predictions. And I would say the top of the bracket here, if you're on like the Euro predictor thing, which I'm sure we're all using right now, the top end of the bracket is much stronger than the bottom end of the bracket. So you'd see teams like England, Germany, 
and the Netherlands have a much easier ride to the finals than a team like France, Spain, Italy, or Belgium, or Portugal would. Um, so I think some of those games, the semifinals, like you mentioned, Josh, Belgium, France, I think that would be probably one of the better games, even better than the final. But yeah, I'm just excited to see what happens here in the Euros, and uh, we'll see who gets the most correct, I guess, at the end. Yeah, and like you said, Alex, just the way the bracket looks, I feel like even for UEFA, uh, you know, to kind of like boost their ratings or whatever they would want to do, I don't know why they would put, um, you know, Belgium and France up against each other if it were to come to that, because I feel like that's going to be highly predicted and will most likely happen. And I feel like whoever wins that game will win the final. So it's kind of like throwing it in the water, you know, throwing it out the, that game. I don't know, whatever it is. But if it does happen, Belgium, France, it's going to be a wonderful match to watch, I think. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Talking Blues podcast. Please subscribe wherever you're listening. Follow us on Twitter at Talking Blues Pod. And obviously we tweet out all of our Chelsea stuff there, all of our episodes. So you'll figure out when they come out then. And rate us five stars in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're able to do so. And uh, keep listening. That's you know that's what we ask for. That's the best way to support us. Obviously, there's other other stuff you can do, like what I mentioned. But as long as you keep listening, that's all we really uh, that's all we really would like. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Talking Blues Podcast, and we will see you next week um, for another episode. Welcome to the All Eighties Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason, and this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.